Hello everyone, I am Alex Majorano. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. Today we talked to Dave Kiss, a Philadelphia-based promoter and talent buyer. Over the pandemic, he began reading more, making his exercise routine more of a mental workout. While he's been doing this for 13 years, it's still as chaotic as ever and not a single day is the same. Because of Philly's insistence on removing everything cool, unlike many other places, its punk scene still thrives to this day. Dave's advice to anyone trying to get into the music industry is to show some respect and don't be too prideful to mop the floor. Without further ado, Dave Kiss, a real one. Dave Kiss. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Yeah. Right on, Sig. Well, thanks for having me. I appreciate I appreciate y'all just hitting me up. It's been a minute since I, anyone's want to talk to me about this. <laughs> yeah, it's it's definitely uh, something that we've uh, kind of had some questions about. So happy to get to ask someone with as much experience as yourself. I'll answer what I feel. I'll answer some. <laughs> I, I, just, just, uh, just I some, whatever you feel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so the first thing that uh, let's talk a little bit about is you said you used to do exercising and you have kind of transitioned that into reading a little bit over the course of yeah. quarantine. So tell us a little bit about that transition from exercise to reading. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, you know, COVID, COVID, like, you know, it, it, it fucked everything up and you know, I, I had a, like a uh, before COVID, like, you know, I, I worked for the city for four years and um, I hated that job so much. I like I was like, I, you know, I was like depressed and I would like I'd watch like the wiggles to get through the day. <laughs> you know, so like like I'd have to watch like children's programming to like be like, all right, it's it's 11 a.m. now, you know, all we got to do is get to lunch and then I'll watch some more wiggles. Um, and then um, I quit that job February 19th, 2020. And then February 20th, like all hell broke loose, you know, stock market crash, Trump's on TV lying to people. Like it's like, it, it got, it got crazy. And um, you know, I went from like, you know, like waking up at like five 30 in the morning and like working out every day and letting the like, going to my city job and then running coming for necktie to like, I was to, to, to move into Wildwood, you know? And like, you know, it just, so just like my daily routine got all kind of wackadoo. And I, uh, I was like, what am I going to do during COVID? You know, like, like, what did you do during COVID? We were finishing up school. Like we were in our yeah. last semester of college. So we were doing school, but from home. Right on. So yeah, so like I moved, so I, I like my daily routine just got totally flipped upside down. And um, I like read so many books during COVID and, you know, it was definitely a good habit to get into, uh, you know, but I, I do realize that like I replaced like this like uh, habit of working out my body to a habit of working out my mind. And now I'm just kind of like trying to find like the, like Dave, stop reading and writing emails and like go to the like I don't know, go for you know, go for a run, something. You know what I'm saying? So you know, we're you know, 
so that's what happened there. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, uh, so yeah, I mean, but like I said, dude, I picked up, I picked up a good habit, but I also dropped one, and fine. trying to pick it back up, slowly yeah, find yeah, that yeah. balance again. You know, it's, 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 it's something I'm conscious of, and maybe I'm a little self conscious about it, but you know, it is a balance. There will be a balance, you know. Yeah. yeah, we had a couple of years. Everything got screwed up. You got to find your way back to your your new flow, you know? Yeah, new flow. And that's the thing. Like, some, so many people think that, like, oh, we're going to go back to the old. Like, no. Like, you know, like, it's a new chapter. You know, things are different now. And, you know, everyone is a new them. Everyone's a new person on the other side of COVID. I don't care. You know, how many people can say that they're their life wasn't interrupted by that. Yeah. I can't imagine there's many. So. Yeah. So. <laughs> over the, over the course of your reading, uh, the past few years, what's, what are like your kind of genres? Like, what do you like to read? What are maybe some of your favorite books that you've picked up? I like a lot of like, I mean, I like a lot of self-help books and like personal empowerment books, you know, as a, as a, as someone that like runs their own business, I don't want to say the E word. Um, you know, you know, I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you don't have to. All right. No one's going to force you. You're going to try to bait me? This is gonna, we're gonna, <laughs> Some gonna reverse be, psychology. Yeah. Um, but as someone that kind of like, you know, runs their own business and has to be self-motivated, it's, um, you know, I, I'm always looking for help within myself before I look for help other places. So, you know, I've been reading some, some sometimes I read some Tony Robbins, sometimes, um, I really like this guy, Scott Galloway. He was like a professor at like NYU. Um, I read a couple of Malcolm Gladwell books during the, uh, who I, I really fuck with that dude. Um, I mean, have you, have you, what you been reading? Have you been reading? My reading is much, my reading is manga and friggin' like fantasy books and shit, like dark <laughs> sci-fi. Something like That's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm in fiction. Right on. Right on. How about you, Sydney? What are you reading? Um, I read, I read a lot of like books that I see on TikTok. So like books that like book talk I'm on. So it's like a lot of different like young adult and romance and those kind of books. So, right but on. I do have a goal. I have a goal of 100 books this year, and oh, my shit. my Goodreads says I'm on track. So hopefully Good. by the end of this year, it'll be 100 books. <laughs> You brought you yo, you said the magic word though, TikTok. Yeah. <laughs> I fucking love TikTok. Right, thank you. <laughs> I hate it. I hate it. It's so I hate that I love I got it. to a point that I started like getting books on my TikTok and I was like, all right, I think they're trying to tell me something that I should probably maybe read a little bit more instead of being on TikTok so much. So that's you know, the yeah. inspiration to pick up those books. Yeah, I fucking love it. Me and my brother in law <laughs> were just talking about it. He was like, yo, man. He was like, I deleted TikTok. He's like, I woke up. I had a dream about a DeLorean. And then I woke up and I went on my phone and I opened up TikTok and it was a DeLorean. And he's like, he's like, they're in my, so TikTok has hacked my dreams. And he's like, so I just deleted it. And I was like, I was like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> just, just like, give me, like, hack my dreams, TikTok. Let's go. Like, show me what i want to see yeah tell, tell me what i want out of life so hopefully tiktok will deliver uh you know some more goals to me and things 
that I didn't know I need, you know? There you go. Oh, yeah, dude, I love TikTok. I fucking hate it. I hate, like, I hate it, but I love it. Fuck. I just hate it's, TikTok. I'm not uh, there you, with y'all. You're not, not there? there <laughs> dude, look. I'm not there. <laughs> have, have, have you tried it? No, I, no. I have, listen, I had it for, like, I, it's still on my phone, and I had it for, like, a week. <sighs> And it gives me shit that, like, I'm interested in, but I feel like I just get all that information elsewhere anyways. Yeah, but the yeah, more but- you're on it, the more it'll give you. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> make you start watching. <laughs> I already <laughs> like those things. Um, we got so off track so fast. Uh, Dave, <laughs> you are a, uh, a talent buyer, promoter, uh, tell us a little bit about that and what it is uh, that you do as that. Yeah, I mean, um, as a talent buyer, I like, you know, I run, uh, I hold the calendar for two clubs, Country Necktie and Silk City. And uh, uh, I just try to put on like cool stuff, you know, like things that people want to see. Um, sometimes I do stuff that I want to see, but that doesn't always play out to the way that I would like it to, you know, but, uh, but it's a fun gig and, and there's some flexibility and, and it, that like, let me do things like go watch my dad, you know, and like make sure that I can pick him up and take him to the dinner table. Um, whereas like, you know, other jobs there, you know, people are stuck at a desk or they're like, I can't come because I have to go to work or something. Um, you know, so, you know, when I've been doing this now for 13 years and uh, I, I, I really don't know, like, what else I would do. My dad was a plumber, is a master plumber. My grandpa was a plumber. His father was a plumber. And then I was just like, yo, I'm going to I'm going to book concerts. <laughs> I'm going to, like, throw parties and stuff. All right. <laughs> like, we're going to break this chain of plumber plumbers. Um, so yeah, so like, you know, it's, I, I, you know, I, it's really just like a, try to just put on cool stuff. I mean, it, like, I always say like music is like food and it's like, you know, you can have good Chinese food, uh, or or good Mexican food, just like you can have good metal music and you can have good rap music. It's like, if it's, if it tastes good, you're, you know, your ears are going to like it. That's kind of, and I try to like take that philosophy and like apply it to like what I do every day. And what is, what is your, what does your day to day look like? Like what's a, what's a day in the life of Dave kiss? Oh man. I mean, I'm, I don't know, man. I'm like, I'm just like so all over the place. Cause it's, it's hard to run a business. It's hard to run a business. And when you rely on people to do a job and maybe they don't do it and then you got to hire them and you're like, all right, well I'll do your job now. You know, that sucks. Um, so I don't know my day, my day lately has been kind of erratic coming back from COVID. Like there was a show I did, um, coming back from COVID after the 2020 election, Giuliani came to Philadelphia to protest the election and was like election fraud, election fraud. So he did it at four seasons, total landscaping. So then I don't want to come back from COVID and be like, Hey guys, it's Dave Kiss here. Um, so, you know, I'd like, I'm like 14 or 15 months to like, really like think about like how I wanted to come back. And um, I did that large and gray show at four seasons. And like, 
you know, it's been crazy ever since. And like, I work a lot. I work a lot. I work really hard. I don't care what anyone says. I'll say it. Like, yeah, I work my ass off. And like, I don't, and it's like, I always bet on myself and I'll always will bet on myself and rely on anyone else. And it's probably a toxic way to think about it for my, for me, but I don't know. That's where I'm at right now. So what does a typical show day look like? Um, I know recently there was, you've had shows like back to back at uh, various venues. Um, so what is that? Do you attend these shows? Like what is your, um, your role? It, um, so like, you know, coming also coming back from COVID, it's like, I wanted to have like more of like, a. I realized that like, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of, Coming back from COVID, I also didn't have a full-time job to lean on. So, like, I just wanted to, like, have more of a relationship with the people that I host, the artists that I host. Because there's so many times I host artists several times, and it's like, man, I don't even know that person. Or I never saw their show. And coming back from COVID, I kind of take this, I had this new mindset where it's like, yo, I'm going to be there for, for everything. And, like, typically, like, a talent buyer is, like, white gloves, you know? I'm there to sign checks kind of thing. And it's like, you know, that's not who I, I, I told you my dad's a plumber. Like that's not, you know, like I, I, I'm just like blue collars. They come. And I kind of like took, I, I took that blue collar mentality and applied it to this white clubs kind of like this white gloves job. And so like a typical day for me is like, yo, I'll get to, if it's at Kung Fu Necktie and we have a sold out show, I'll get the Kung Fu Necktie at like one o'clock. And then I just, I just look for parking because odds are, if we have a sold out show, they need a van, they have a van and trailer. Right. And then like the support bands probably have a van. So it's like, I'll I'll get there and I'll try to save parking. And then like, usually I'm, I'm lucky and I save some parking and then like, I'll help them load in. I'll pick up the heavy shit and I'll bring it inside and I'll put it down and then I'll go get some more heavy shit and I'll bring it back inside. And, you know, and then I'll set up their green room and, you know, these are things where it's like, they're like, there's other venues and companies that have like designated people for these roles. So like my day to day kind of goes the whole, it's the whole day. So, you know, then load in sound check. Um, and then we do doors and then the show's over and then I got to pay people. Then we got to load them out. Yeah. And then, then we go home and go to sleep. So then this is why I can't tell you what my normal day to day is because it's just like, dude, like, like, I don't know, maybe I'm getting out of Kung Fu necktie at like 3am, you know, the show got over at midnight. I paid everyone by one o'clock. They got out of the venue by one thirty, and then I'm home by like two thirty. you know? So sometimes that's, a, that's a full day. Um, and those days are kind of tough because when, when, when I do that, I lose an office day. And that's, that's where it kind of gets a little stressful when the emails start piling up. Yeah. That's, that's the day. That's a, that's a day. I come, <laughs> that's a, that's a day. I come for necktie, you know? Um, what's, what's like the difference for you working at like Kung Fu necktie, which is kind of seems to be like your more or less base of operations and uh, something like the first Unitarian church or like underground rock, uh, arts or something like that. Underground, I love underground arts. I love the staff there. Everyone there is awesome. Rich Stover, if you're watching this, you the man. Amber, beautiful man. Um, you know, they're all awesome there. Lindsay, you're awesome too. But uh, Underground Arts is awesome because 
what I just said about like how my whole day is, you know, they, they take, they have those designated people that I can, that I can lean on and, and help me do it. Whereas KFN, as much as it's a venue and a punk club, it's still DIY at the end of the day, you know? Um, and like the church, man, the church is like, is like coming for necktie times 10. Cause we got to like set up like a PA that was like made in the nineties and it's so fucking heavy. Everything is so fucking heavy. Um, and then I got to do everything myself. I got to run security. I got to, I got to do this. I got to do that. And, you know? And then at the end of the night, I got to mop the floor. The last show I did there, dude, uh, the last show I did there, uh, like my staff was all, they were all like, they were all like, no, I was like, yo, who's mopping? Like, I don't want to be like, yo, Gary, you're mopping. You know, I just want someone to volunteer and be like, yeah, I'm going to do I'm going to do it. And I, no one was volunteering. So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to mop the floor. And then so I like, but like I went to go mop the floor and someone put a broken mop in there. And then after I filled the bucket up and I started bringing the bucket out, the fucking mop broke. There was water everywhere. I'm like, you son of a bitch. And then so I had to mop up the mop water. <laughs> And then I had to mop the fucking floor. And, like, it was funny because once someone sees me, like, mopping the floor, they're like, oh, maybe I should go mop instead of Dave. It's like, man, you couldn't take the hint earlier. And I had to fucking lay it out on the floor for you. It's like, I'll mop it. I'm, I'm already here. I'm mopping the floor. I had to break a mop for it to <laughs> sink in for you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so, you know, d- different venues do different things. But, like, Johnny Brennan is awesome. They have. They have some awesome, um, they have a great staff there. Um, Lucy and Marley, they're all awesome. And it's like, you know, they're, they're, they, like, I I trust them and they, they, they ease the job for me where it's like, oh, they'll handle hospitality and they'll handle this and they'll handle that. And it's a little more, it's a little easier for me to do, to do shows there. But um, it's the willingness to do everything that opens up all the doors for me, in my opinion. Whereas other promoters don't go into as many rooms as I do um, because maybe they don't want to follow the rules. Like, oh, the venue has this rule. And they're like, no. And it's like, well, dickhead, these are the, like, you're not going to come into my house and tell me that like, like if I had a, if I had a rule in my house and you, and it was like, take off your shoes when you come in and you didn't take off your shoes, I'm going to tell you to get the fuck out of my house, get out. And so it's the same ideology in these these venues where it's like you got to follow the house rules. Like they are the ones. It's their house. Take off your shoes. Yeah, take off your shoes, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what you want to talk about anymore. <laughs> um, so absolutely chaotic. It seems a lot of the time. Uh, and you've been doing it for 13 years. How how did you even get started doing this? Um, I used to play in a band, um, and I was like I was like booking my own shows because I couldn't get people to book me. And so, you know, it started out real small. Um, uh, there's a there's a uh, well, it's now Italian. It was an Irish pub, and now it's like an Irish pub that has Italian food. Uh, it's called Murph's Bar. It's in Fishtown. It's right across from Johnny Brenda's. 
And um, mm. I, I started like booking and playing shows there uh, like in like 2008, 2009. And, um, uh, and you know, I was good at it and people people kept coming to me and like saying like, Hey, will, will you book me there? And then, you know, and then I had a DIY venue called the carriage house that was near Broadway, Washington on a little street. And then, um, and then I had this bar in South Philly called the station at 16th and McKean. And I booked there for four years. And then, um, and then one day I was on tour and the owner of country necktie called me and was like, yo, dude, uh, bonfire pulled out like he's like hit me up when you're back and we'll talk and it was so funny because it's like yo i had i i maxed out my credit card on tour i had zero dollars le- like like i maybe had like some some credit left i guess but i remember i went to kung Fu necktie and the owner i was like yeah man i have these shows booked at the station i can bring them here and he's like all right man i'm into that and i was just like yo can you think you can give me like a couple bucks and he gave me a hundred dollar bill and I don't know if any of you have ever been like broke. Like I'm talking like, like fuck, like what, like fuck, like I'm gonna eat a taquito, and it's gonna be <laughs> the only thing I eat today. Like, have you, you know? And, and then, sure, maybe, maybe you can tap in, you can beat up your pride a little bit and go talk to your parents for cash if you really wanted to or something like that. But that's not where I was in life. Um, but he gave me a hundred bucks, a hundred dollar bill. And it was like, it was like Charlie when he gets the golden ticket in, in Willy Wonka. And I remember I left country necktie and was like fucking skipping down the street. Um, and I stayed up, I stayed up till about four or 5am for the next three weeks on my buddy's couch. And I put together a calendar country necktie and I never looked back since. And yeah, and I mean, like, so, you know, you know, I was booking any show I could at the time. And, you know, it was just this idea, though, that, like, you know, I had to do something for this business that just had no business. Kung Fu Necktie is definitely a, a pretty popular place nowadays. Like, I don't think if I talk to anyone who's into music in Philly, they wouldn't know what it is. So. Right on. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I think part of that's the neighborhood as well. Like, that neighborhood has been, like... <clears throat> It's it's silly now. It's silly how the neighborhoods changed in the past um, in the past eight years while I've, I, while I've been there. So yeah, yeah. So on that, how has the music and the the music promotion changed over the time since you started? You know, since I started, like it's funny. No one wanted to book metal music and punk. Like no one wanted to book metal, and and that's what my boss always told me. He's like, dude, you should book some more metal. No, no, excuse me, dude you should book some more metal, man. And I'd be like, all right, yeah, let me book some more metal. And, um, you know, I like metal. I'm not, you know, it's, it's, I told you, it's all, it's all food to me. And, um, and yeah. And then like, I found my niche and that, and like, you know, I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, like, I'm like a metal connoisseur. Like I could just like, you know, tell you all the history or whatever, but you know, it definitely, it definitely gave me a purpose, more of a purpose in Philly. You know, um, but the scene itself is like Philly is, 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 it's always been, there's always a strong punk community in Philly and it's kind of cool. And part of that is because the city of Philadelphia is just like, 
they are just so anti anything cool. Like, 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 I think about like, 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 like if it's like, if it, if on the, like the cool barometer, it's like, it goes past like this threshold, like the city's got to shut it down. Um, like I think about like, not even music, like fucking love park, the skaters in love park, like in the nineties and early two thousands, that was like a national destiny, an international destination for skateboarders to go to love park and skate and the city put the kibosh on it. And it's like, why? What like so to circle back around, like so the city's always had this strong punk community because there's always been this authority that's been telling them they're too cool. And so that's that's one thing I think that's been that hasn't changed is the Philly Philly punks. You you I assume based on this conversation that you grew up in Philly or around Philly. Tell us why you decided to stay in Philly. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, remember when I was, like, applying for colleges? Like, I got accepted, like, UPIT and, like, Penn State. And then um, I think I got into Purdue, too, which is – I was good in math, and they were like, you're going to go – they were like, you're good at math. You're going to be an engineer. And I'm like, I'm fucking 17. You know, they're like – I'm like, all right, what's an engineer do? I ended up going to Drexel studying engineering and minoring in music. And then my senior year, I finally got the courage to be like, yo, fuck this. Everyone like <laughs> fuck all engineers, man, these guys suck. And I was just, wasn't feeling it. The vibe was, wasn't for me. And, um, so I, I, uh, I picked up a minor in philosophy and I double minor in music and philosophy and I became a concert promoter, but I just never left Philly. I'm like born and raised South Philly. Um, and I just kind of never left. I mean, I don't know. Um, and I think that's kind of also part of the reason why it's been, I don't want to say it's been easier, easy for me, but it's been a little more, a little, I had more inroads to having popular parties because I just knew so many people, I didn't just know so many people growing up here. Man. You know what, while we're, while we're talking about Philly and we're in the, Oh yeah. General just to that. Great question. Uh, best cheesesteak in Philly, in your opinion. John Joe's pork. Next right. question. That was fast. Really? <laughs> <Next>. <laughs> no that's it. I will not be taking okay. no follow up. Back. <laughs> that cheesesteak speaks for itself. I I can't I yeah, can't no, make any comments based for that cheesesteak. That cheesesteak will speak for itself. Um I don't eat cheese though. I'm I'm a I'm a lactoid. Um so I don't I don't eat cheese anymore. Um, but with that being said, Cosme's vegan cheesesteak hoagie. Fire. These are two answers we haven't gotten yet. Yeah, so. yeah. No, yeah. Listen, John excited to pork, go try. Chandra's <laughs> pork, best cheesesteak in the city. And then, if if that's not your vibe, if like if if you know if you're a veg or you can't do dairy, the vegan cheesesteak hoagie at Cosme's is is legit. Love that. Love the options. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm it's inclusive. Um, inclusive. <laughs> uh, so we talked a little bit about how you got started in uh, your profession, but Dave Kiss Presents is its own brand, pretty much. So tell us how you kind of got that started. Yeah, right on. So um, when I first started booking, like I was, 
I was doing it under the moniker Flash Mob Productions, and um, I realized it just like no one would write about anything I did ever, and because it's like oh, at the end of the day, like I think the name just scared old people because of all the fucking flash mobs that Philly was having. So, um, I I was booking at the Trocadero for a little while while it was still open, and um, I, for a while I just kept. I've been going by Dave Kiss for like, I don't know, 15 years or so, 20 years. I don't know. I had this show. Do you know who Giorgio Moroder is? He's like the godfather of disco. The guy, the guy invented disco. Okay. And um, All right. so I was hosting him at the Trocadero and I was like, this is it. I was like, this is the, this is the, this is the first one. And I was like, so that was the first show I promoted as Dave Kiss Presents. And um, it just kind of started. I mean, like I had like this, like, small obsession with um bill graham bill graham is the um he was the promoter uh like in the late the late 60s early 70s in san francisco that like started the Fillmore, and he was like the manager of the grateful mm-hmm. dead and and that kind of stuff so bill graham was he did bill graham presents and he was this like legendary promoter which eventually they wanted to like like big corporations approached him and they were like, we want to franchise the Fillmore. And he was like, no, no, no. And he shut it down. So basically, Bill Graham Presents was like the the seed for Live Nation. Um, and and for me, like, you know, it it, it just like, no, like, again, like no one would write about me. Or, or not, not about me, not about me. No one would write about the shows. Like the shows never got any press. Doesn't matter who the fuck I was hosting. It's like, it, it never got press. And I was just like, there's got to be some like, there's got to be some kind of switch to hit that like, that things that, that like will get people to write about these shows and ch- rebranding as Dave Kiss presents was was that, um, and that's that's so that's that's how that kind of played out. Yeah, and I know you talked a little bit about uh, like you told us uh, an email that you kind of wanted to keep it very um, keep corporate out of it. Uh, more or less, right? Is sort of the. I, no, I just said that like the the way that like I interact with artists, and I take full responsibility for everything. Okay. Is is a lot more responsible than and and intimate than the relationships that these corporations have with artists. Um, you know, there's this dude, death metal band, Exhumed. This guy, Matt Hart, they've been around for a long time. They're a death metal band, you know, and it's death, it's death metal, but they're a legendary band. And they, they played Philly a bunch over the years. And, um, you know, I, I put I put together a good show for them. And um, we booked, I booked them at Johnny Brendan's. And, um, you know, when it I loaded, I carried their shit up. Johnny Brendan's a load and kind of sucks because you have to go up a flight of stairs. So, you know, I'm like, all right, I, I showed up. They texted me. I was like, all right, let's go. And I was at, I was at the loading door. With, with you know my shoes tied and I was ready to carry their shit up the stairs and you know and I, I did and then we had a fucking sick show it, it didn't sell out it, just, it almost sold out but like as a promoter to like for them to run around town for all the, all the years that they have run around the country all the years that they have being all over the world and then being like oh that's the dude in Philly that I fuck with you know that's the guy that guy that loaded us in put on a sick show loaded us out and then gave us more money than he said he was going to that's the guy you know so whereas like live nation it's like 
or or AEG, it's like, oh, like I bought the show. Oh, I bought I got the business and now I'm gonna pass it off to marketing and I'm gonna pass it off to my my production managers, where it's like, dude, I do all the marketing, I do all the production, I'm doing everything from like from front to back. And it's like, so there's this accountability that 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 Dave Kiss presents have where it's like, yo, literally, this is fucking Dave Kiss presenting this shit, like through and through. And like, hey, I, I, I do got to give a shout out. Vince, who is now this, my, my, my boy Vince Bellino, he is the G. I, I, I started working with him in November and um, he had a smaller company called no, no Quarter Productions. And I was like, yo, dude, just come work with me, man. And he took over my box office and I fucking love him. And I like, you know, so, uh, you know, and he understands how this, how, what it means to me to, for all this stuff. And, He's a, like, he's just been awesome. I, I really love Vince and, um, you know, I wouldn't be able to see things through the way that I want to see things through without Vince helping me, you know? Um, but you know, do I want to have people work under me? Hell yeah. I want to have people work under me. Yeah. I want to make my life easier, dude. I've been down here the past for the last week, like, Dave Kiss presenting my dad to the dinner table. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like, you know, Dave Kiss presents an in-house nurse and it's, like, and it's me, um, you know, and like I'm picking up my dad's leg and like putting it on a pillow and like, do you want to water a Gatorade, sir? You know? Um, so, uh, so yeah, do I want people to work? Yeah, like, yeah, for sure. And like, you know, I've had people hold it down for me the past week and it's been awesome. But at the same time, it's like, if something went wrong, you know, I'm, I'm still going to be totally available to, to, to solve that problem or, or take responsibility. And so that's the difference between me and, that, me and a corporation. Yeah, that personal connection definitely goes a long way. Um, so what advice would you have for somebody who's interested in, you know, stepping into the music industry um, maybe on the business side, the production side, um, what would your advice be to them? Um, don't, like literally start from the bottom. Don't think you're, don't think that you like, because you have some degree or some bullshit like that, that like you're better than anyone else. And that's it in a nutshell. And it's just like, and, and that, and that, and, and that kind of goes back to what I, what I say about like, you know, loading the band in and like, doing the marketing myself. It's like, nah, like I'm not better than that. And anyone who wants to gain respect and earn respect to their peers has to understand that like, you know, no, nothing's going to be handed to you in this industry. Like, especially when there's no barrier for entry. And what I mean by that is like, if you want to go be a lawyer, you got to go to undergrad. Then you got to go to law school. Then you got to study and pass the bar. And then you got to find some law firm to fucking hang your shit up. And then you're a lawyer and it's like, oh no, but you want to be a doctor? You got to go to undergrad. Then you got to go to med school. Then you got to do your residency. And then you got to, and then you're a doctor. But in the music industry, it's like any dickhead could just drop out of school and be like, I'm a, I'm a promoter. And it's like, are you really? How long? What have you done? What, what do I say to people that like want to get in the industry? Like, just don't be too proud to do the, to do to clean the bathroom. And straight up, <laughs> that's it. Like, oh man. Um. All right. Well, Sydney, do you have any other questions for Dave? 
So Dave, where can we find and follow you online and find out when your next show is? Um, I think it's all at Dave Kiss Presents. There's a Facebook page, uh, uh, facebook.com slash Dave Kiss Presents, Instagram at Dave Kiss Presents. I think my Twitter is Dave Kiss Tweets. I was going to do the real Dave Kiss, but I didn't, <laughs> didn't want to go that route. Um, um, and I mean, look, there will be a TikTok soon. I you and us both. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> you and us both. <laughs> Once again, uh, Dave Kiss, thank you so much for being on, taking the time out of your day to, to talk with us. It was an absolute pleasure. Right on. Thank you. Thank you, guys. And uh, nice to meet you all. And I'm, I'm maybe I'll see you around the neighborhood. Thank you so much for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured on an episode of Little Known Tracks, you can send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at LKTPod for all of our updates and occasionally giveaways and such. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time.